This is Hope FM. Well, my special guest, as you heard me saying at the top of the programme, is Martin Hancock, who, amongst other things, is the Chief Executive of BCHA. Uh, but, Martin, I've got to start by asking you for the uninitiated, what is BCHA? Yeah, well, uh, BCHA is a, uh, I would call it a, a sort of homelessness and uh, housing charity um, set up uh, way back in uh, March 68, 1968 that is, um, uh, by the Bournemouth Council of Churches. Uh, and um, it's um, come a long way since then, really, but very much initially run by a group of volunteers um, put together to meet housing need. Uh, I've seen uh, a copy of the first uh, minutes of, uh, of the meeting uh, a few years ago, and, uh, and, and it was just practical um, Christianity, really, I suppose, from the church's point of view. And, of course, that's very important, isn't it? Because, I mean, fleshing out what we believe in faith is, is very important. Although I know that, that uh, not everybody that necessarily would, would work or associate with BCHA would, would necessarily be Christian. Quite a lot are, but not everyone. Oh, yeah, no, very much. I mean, yeah, yes, we, we have, uh, you know, a whole group of uh, people employed by us, volunteering, people we house are, are people of no faith and other faiths, and it's a really great great uh, vibrant um, diverse community um, that we're operating in and um, the group of uh, people that we're there to serve um, is is increasingly uh, a mix that represents the, the whole community um, because um, homelessness housing need um, unemployment areas that we we cover uh, that cuts across society actually and i think this last year or so has uh, has highlighted more isn't it that um, absolutely uh, you know we can all be impacted in in some way um if um, you know depending the way life takes us really now let's turn the clock back and, and maybe uh, uh, profile a wee bit about you about yourself so you were born obviously and uh, <laughs> so can you remember much of of your childhood um no i was actually born uh, west london way really um uh, you when you have to put your uh, place of birth, Ickenham in Middlesex, you know, and um, <laughs> and, and so uh, so that's uh, that was the uh, the early years, you know, up until uh, um, uh, early teenage years, and then uh, uh, we actually moved down to um, to this area. Uh, my father uh, got a job; he was a, a head teacher role at a new school down in Paul, and we we lived in Ferndown. We'd uh, we'd never been to this area on holiday we'd always gone the other way to Kent and things like that so, so was, it was, a, was it a surprise it, it to was, family? so it was yeah I think it was a you know it was a greenfield site as uh, as he said at the time a brand new school where he'd been working in uh, in areas like Ealing and Southall and all those sort of uh, areas uh, for many years and so uh, and you know I've been very fortunate that one way or another I've managed to uh, stay in the area um, as, uh, as as life's, life's evolved on from that, so uh, and what about faith? Was it was your background in terms of faith? Uh, yeah, well, um, um, again, I suppose it goes back to uh, um, uh, my father. I believe as a, as a nine year old followed the Salvation Army band, uh, and so uh, that's how um, and he came to faith, and uh, that's where uh, my, my early years uh, were, were spent. Um, uh, involved in the Salvation Army, uh, both uh, you know, obviously as a young person, and uh, uh, and then down here um, uh, we ended up at uh, Winton Salvation Army uh, for for a lot of our time. Of course, when you think about it, that was a very appropriate start, wasn't it? Because I mean, if you think of an organisation that actually fleshes out, you know, particularly caring for the for the poorer people in society, it's got to be you know, George. Uh, our general booth and the and the Salvation Army. Yeah, well, yes, I, I've no doubt that sort of formed. You know, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily expected to end up 
working where I am now, I guess. And yeah. that's uh, that's always interesting when you look at look back on the on the path it's taken. But yes, yeah, so that sort of um, um, you know valuing people. Uh, uh, from all sorts of backgrounds and uh, yes and the, and the need that you respond to um, I just think yeah it's it's really helpful to have uh, just um, met people from all walks of life actually even those early early years and to get into that uh, uh, awareness of um, uh, social justice really I think because I think in a way that's where William Booth <laughs> was going wasn't he really and, uh, oh, um, absolutely, yeah. uh, and, and, and I think that's probably embedded in and, uh, and certainly um, parents as well were involved in those sort of things and just being aware of uh, need uh, and really you know valuing and I guess appreciating uh, all that I've been able to have you know uh, through my life really and, and the stars and the opportunities mm. that sadly not everyone gets and, and that's what we're always trying to to do as an organization mm. to try and, that, and give extra, extra opportunities and i suppose one of the things that 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 you know church involvement does bring is a bit of a social life isn't it and uh, so were you part of a youth group and oh uh, yeah well yes yes i mean uh, there's youth groups there and um you know i did learn to uh, play in the salvation army band i was going to ask like you that, did so. you play the what world instrument yeah, yes yeah yeah well i i tried a few really because i probably wasn't any good at any of them but uh, <laughs> um uh, so i worked my way from i think it was a, a tenor horn to a, a euphonium and then to uh, a tuba uh, an e-flat bass so uh, um so i think the e-flat bass was probably uh, you know slightly larger but um, yeah. you know, and I of course down here in, in you know in, in bournemouth you've got two celebrated bands don't you, you know in terms of the the Boscombe Corps and of course the the Winton Corps yes yes no I mean that's right there's a very strong sort of uh, Salvation Army connection down here and um, uh, yes and and um, yes and I did uh, moved into one or two bits of leadership at the Winton Salvation Army and uh, and got involved then into running some uh, children's work and then youth work and was involved when uh, um they uh, opened the the place next door there in Winton, which is still a very thriving community centre. Good place to go for a meal, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, yes, well, that's right, uh, and uh, and you know a very you know opportunity with a charity shop, and uh, and I was involved uh, with other number of young people in um, in sort of getting involved, setting up the Ark, um, which we was was branded as a non-alcoholic bar, really, uh, and but for sort which of thirteen to eighteen year olds, big thing, wasn't it? Uh, um, absolutely, and um, uh, and uh, yeah, we were involved in that for many many years, and uh, and again that opened my eyes and exposed me to uh, you know um, doing things that you wouldn't naturally have necessarily thought it would uh, be your strength really I suppose but, mm. uh, but uh, there was a really good team of uh, uh, older young people there who, who really wanted to get involved and so uh, um, being involved in leadership of that was quite easy because if you've got a good team below you then uh, uh, you just need to encourage and support don't you This is Hope FM My very special guest this morning is Martin Hancock of course Chief Exec of, of BCHA and we were talking about your, your former years and so on when it came to, to sort of work and aspirations and what you would be when you eventually started work did, did you have any aspirations as to what you thought you might do uh, no i wasn't very good at that really i suppose it, it, it um i didn't have any uh, major uh, ambition and um uh, in, in that sense I, I think i think it was uh, you know i guess what um you do sometimes it was um nice house nice car i suppose if i'm honest you know that, big salary uh, of course uh, and uh, yeah and you know one or two people involved in certain areas of business sometimes and uh, uh, and you you sort of maybe think oh well you know maybe go down that route and um but um uh, yeah but i but i was relatively keen i guess to start earning some money really so um, so did you do university so, that so no in the end uh, uh, i didn't do quite as well on my a levels and so i had about three choices lined up so at least that was good to have three options i obviously didn't have enough 
confidence uh, in just one. And um, uh, and uh, it was the middle option that, that I went, which was um, to be able to go and uh, join a manufacturing business still still in this area. Um, well, it was called Devilbus at the time. I think it's uh, broadened its name down there at, uh, at East Howe. And uh, went there um, as what they called in those days a commercial apprentice. The idea was to do business studies day release. It's all coming back, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing what comes back when someone asks you a question. Uh, but actually, that was really good. Uh, what I liked was because I don't think I, I didn't think I was going to be good at any one thing. So the variety mm. was actually something mm. that um, was something I always liked. And the advantage there was you yeah. went around the whole organisation over the first two or three years, um, uh, and uh, you know on the production line even as well like that. And I think that was a really good lesson for me. You know, yeah. we, we were making spray equipment, but. I genuinely believe that, that that taught me how valuable everyone was in that organisation, whether you were yeah. the chief exec or uh, the person on the mm. end of that production line. Because if you didn't do your job right, the product would fail, wouldn't it? Mm. Well, of course, as you quite rightly say, you know, the, the, the apprenticeships offer that wonderful opportunity of, of, of going right through and getting to know sort of a lot of the jobs. It's true in, in the hotel industry as well, isn't it? You know, where uh, where many, many people start, you know, uh, right at the bottom as cleaners and whatever. And, and where, certainly I did that myself. You know, I, I had no clue what I wanted to be. And I, I don't think many of us do, you know. No, um, no, no. I mean, I, I always admire people who really know what they want to do and, and go for that goal. I mean, I'm great, you know. I sort of, uh, and um, uh, and and that's and that's a good thing, isn't it? Really, but uh, yeah, and and I do think, and, and I think you talk about young people. I think you know um, some figures out recently, wasn't it? You know, under 35s have been the most impacted through unemployment and uh, um, and through the, the COVID the COVID times and things like that. And uh, and I've always liked to try and see if you can give opportunities to young people to gain some experience. Experience. But as you say, to try and get that broad experience, you know, get the mm. full understanding of how an organisation, uh, how yeah. a business works, um, because you, you value a lot more. And hopefully we hold on to some of that, at least if we do go up through various management paths, mm. don't we? And uh, uh, and try and just keep in touch with what's the purpose, um, who are we serving or what products are we making in manufacturing? But much yeah. better when you're, uh, as I've learned, you know, in recent years, of course, uh, when you're able to help people. And of course, you know, you were working with young people in the Salvation Army because you went to be, became a youth leader, didn't you? And you yeah. helped to establish the Ark, which, of course, was a very popular centre. Probably still is, you know. Yeah, it's still going. Uh, and, uh, but, but I guess that that gives you a heart for young people, you know, doesn't it? When, when you get close to anything, uh, you either love it or you hate it, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and you see the potential, don't you? And I think something I do talk about a little bit, really, is, uh, and I've always believed it and, uh, and seen it, is that everyone has some potential it's how do you uh, let people realize they've got that potential because i think there's a lot of people lack uh, that self-confidence i mean we all do at times don't we you know i mean it doesn't matter who we are what we are there are times when you know we just have to uh, step back and, uh, mm. uh, and refresh it's very interesting you know because uh, it's it's the small things at whatever age we're at i mean i have never I, you're probably like me martin you've been zooming or teaming yeah or doing all all these meetings you know back to back but i had never shared my screen before and this week, I have to share my screen, you know. Oh, right. uh, and, and, you know, uh, it took me a good day. <laughs> I was watching all the how-to videos and all the rest of it. But, the, but you know, you're quite right. I think that when you, 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 as long as you're not daunted and put off by a challenge, you know, if you, if you go to it and you learn the lessons and, you know, uh, certainly in the early days of computing, I think I wiped off more than I, you know, created, you know. Uh, 
but but you can only learn by doing and uh, absolutely and, and it's giving people opportunities to, to learn and do that's what i love about bcha really is that uh, you know we, we're we we do give things a go you know not everything that we try as an organization works you know and it's i think it is brave sometimes to to sort of say actually it's not working let's stop that um, you, yeah you'll know that from your past i guess in, in the ymca you know and yeah. that, that but but if we're trying to do something that helps support our, our customers um and uh, and try and sometimes we're trying to generate other income aren't we because if you're in the charity sector um you know we, we could always do with more money uh, coming in <laughs> because we know the need don't we and and uh, certainly uh, and, and so uh, so so i think it is about that whole thing about um giving opportunities and uh, and trying to see how you can support and coach and mentor people in that this is hope fm now we 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 left you where you were you were sort of uh, doing your apprenticeship but then that led to was it was it seven years in the private sector well no probably about 20 years actually uh, 20 across years. a few different um companies mostly sort of small medium-sized enterprises locally in a variety of uh, um products that were, were being made and um uh, and uh yeah and then um uh, probably you know it must have been um yeah the end of the 90s really that um you sort of uh, look at uh, um uh, purpose i suppose and things like that sometimes don't you in life you know uh, i think i must have been in my you know um yeah mid late 30s or something like that i've done a lot of youth work for 10 12 years mm-hmm. um and uh, uh and then you think about you know um, doing something maybe with a bit more purpose really and uh, uh not quite knowing what it was going to be i, I what i did realize was i didn't think i was going to necessarily be um yeah um frontline working all the time in in that respect you know of, of um um, around that whole social area but uh, so then just sort of started to think about there were some changes in the ultimate ownership of the business um, I yep. was in as well um, and um, and so uh, opportunities came along and worked out what I might be able to live on I suppose um, when uh, you've been working in the private sector and young children well at the bad, time you know of course, yeah. uh, and those days the uh, mortgages I think were in double figures you know uh, in percentage terms so uh, but but uh, yeah and then I came across there was this job for BCHA. Um, what was it that attracted you uh, to the job? Well, um, um, yeah, well, I, I suppose it was, I, I had heard, I, I had no, I knew a couple of people who maybe had worked there. Um, I wasn't specifically targeting that or anything like that. And, uh, and everything sort of was, uh, should have put me off actually coming along really because it was less money that I thought I could pay the mortgage on and things like that but we were prepared to move house you know and things like that um, and then I met Peter Keg, who you, I'm sure you know yeah. uh, chief exec there he even tried to put me off as well really because uh, <laughs> the wages they could pay were, were pretty low and it was a what was called finance manager in those days and I never wanted to just be a finance manager even if I did have a qualification in that area I was always more interested in the wider business so uh, but here we are here we are today you know 20 years later really and um, uh, BCHA very different in lots of respects in shape and size but actually still i believe with the the, the heart and the focus uh, on working with anyone and everyone you know uh, we we don't sort of pick and choose um uh, who we house uh, I, I think great credit to uh, uh, our managers running our services and the housing that that uh, they 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 take on the chance we have to risk assess as you know uh, in that respect but um we still have held on i believe to to that issues of 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 working with people at the point they present uh, and um, value them um, personalize the services as much as you can um, and uh, and try and find that mm-hmm. way forward and uh, and that uh, we held on to that and in some respects I look at it sometimes I think well BCHA has grown it's, it's sort of quite sad in a sense that um, uh, when you're in homelessness your organization grows and yet from a you know from a business point of view from the you know because 
you know, charities are businesses, you know, and if you don't run it as with a business head, I suppose, as you say, yeah. um, but it's the social heart, isn't it, that helps your decision making, and therefore you will take a bit more risk, uh, but you still have to balance your books, you know. I suppose the difference is you're, you're not lining the, the shareholders' pockets, you know, what you're doing is you're, yes, you're growing an organisation, but I, I guess the BCHA, like many organisations grew because the need was enormous and actually it's still enormous isn't it absolutely yes that's right and and um you know over those uh, years there's been you know extra money put in uh, by uh, different governments uh, and then sometimes money goes away we had we were all aware of the austerity period um and that particularly impacted obviously our sector and uh, rent reductions and, and cuts to local authorities and and health budgets you know i do, do sort of mm-hmm. uh, sympathize with that even though uh, the needs there but it makes you more creative and innovative doesn't it you know and um, find other ways to go it so uh, but yes uh, you know uh, there's progress but then it, it goes back you know homelessness is still significantly high I know recent obviously with the everyone initiative as part of the Covid um, exercise great to see government putting uh, some money into that um, from last March and now um, you know trying to get more permanent because you can do lots of short term temporary things but that sure. doesn't help people get their life together does it you know it's it, any of us could surely you know mm-hmm. but those of us that are privileged to have a place we know we're going to you know, be able to stay in for for as long as we, we choose a lot of people don't get that uh, benefit and so been a great amount of work in temporary accommodation i mean bcp uh the council has done incredible work working in partnership i think they had something like 300 people you know they suddenly had to house within a short piece of time uh, place of time back then uh and did an amazing job and a number of those are moving on uh, and it's great that bcha is able to play a part uh, on the next steps accommodation program so we've been able to um uh, get some grant from uh, uh, from the government uh, in, towards that to get some longer term housing um mm-hmm. working in partnership um with council and other uh, partners and uh, and so we've been uh, buying or, or trying to build um, some um, more units in BCP. We, we've, we've got 25 um, self-contained um, flats that can be longer-term accommodation, so people who've been in the temporary accommodation can mm. then move forward. And that will be a massive success, won't it? Now, of course, BCHA is is a housing association. I've, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, because <laughs> I, I've often said to people, you know, well, you, know, you, you, you should explore the whole world of housing associations because if you want affordable rents and you know and and a safe place to be that's a good but how, how would you how would you describe a housing association like bcha to the uninitiated yeah well it's a challenge we continually have you know and uh, and when we get new people in uh, you know we, we try and uh, you know get those elevator statements and, and what have you um and um uh, yeah i mean i didn't know what a housing association was i have to put my hand up to that you know when i when i came into the sector uh, and bcha doesn't fit the norm uh, as they say because you know we, the, the charitable element and the support element is significantly high um but yeah i mean a housing association comes in various formats some were formed like your bchas and a number of others um from just a group of people putting it together some housing associations came along when probably back in the 80s i think it was there was the transfer of council stock um into uh what they call large-scale voluntary transfers that are now um uh, housing associations so that the housing association sector could bring in some private funding to do the repairs and maintenance that i think wasn't being done uh, way back there um and then you get housing associations of all different sizes you've got mergers going on um, uh, that are giving some housing associations that have got about 120,000 properties so they are big development businesses almost aren't they and uh, and I think that's the challenge for the big sector 
is and uh, discussion that goes on is has have those sort of organizations lost their heart have they lost their social purpose you know um there's a lot more market renting that can go on in the sector and i understand that from a business point of view because if there's less grant money coming from government to help you um, buy and build houses the concept in very simple terms of housing associations is that you can access through homes england um, some grant that is like an interest-free loan um, and then you borrow the rest so the fact that maybe you can get uh, 20-25% grant if you're fortunate um, then of course you only have to borrow the other 75% which is why you ha- we have to as BCHA even keep the banks happy <laughs> Yeah well of course uh, all of that has to be paid back doesn't it which, yeah. which of course is what Absolutely yeah but you can charge lower rents if you're if you're you know, obviously you're looking to make a small surplus to be able to borrow more and, and that whole cycle. But um, so I, I think it is a challenge. And, and I think um, uh, from my point of view is I think there could be more risk, you know, taken in the sector. We have quite heavy regulation and an organisation like BCHA, because it has over a thousand units, has about 1300 units uh, of accommodation. Uh, we get um, regulated um on the same basis and the same rules as an organisation with a hundred thousand units, and it's very different. Maybe a room in a in a shared house to a four bed house in the middle of London, but uh, mm. that's that's what we have to go through to have access. Obviously, government funding, and uh, and I am a great believer that if we take public money, we should be very accountable for it, and, and I have no problem with that. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over fifty years. Visit keithjones.com UK. Well, of course, our programme today features the work of BCHA and uh, and we're talking about homelessness and so on. So, so, Martin, let's look at a few scenarios. Maybe somebody listening, you know, where perhaps have gone through this experience themselves. But say, say, for example, they've got somebody like maybe it could be, you know, somebody they know, somebody quite close to them in the family. But there is a housing situation and maybe... Maybe a bit more than just a housing situation, you know, perhaps alcohol and drugs and other things involved. But let's just say just pure housing. Somebody's homeless or maybe they've been, they've been kicked out of where they are and so on for whatever reason. Um, how, what should they do? Well, uh, yes, I mean, I guess there are how many scenarios that happen, but... Um, uh a key point of contact has to be going to your local council you know so um that's you know, is that the first port of call then I, I think it has to be because it's about assessing your situation and, and i know that can for a lot of people going to any organization can be a bit daunting um but um ultimately that's where there can be a, an assessment about uh, certainly around the whole issue about statutory homelessness <laughs> which is what a responsibility of a local authority sounds a bit a bit heavy but actually you know um they may be able to help and of course at the moment while we're still in bits of lockdown and and covid you know um prevention you know there is funding for prevention of homelessness so even if you think you're getting to a point where you could become homeless then i mean landlords ought to be you know raising that and referring that whether that's private landlords or housing associations um uh, because again a priority and this investment in through local authority and and in through some other services such as mungos and, and other organizations to try and help prevent you know maybe mediate a bit with landlords find ways of keeping people in their home because that's a, a better option um and uh, and and they will explore those circumstances that you it will have some impact about uh, the circumstances for homelessness um and uh, but the other option yes a bit if you're you know a bit put off by that 
by all means, you know, um, sometimes you might need to, if you've sort of been evicted and you don't think it's been done properly, well, Shelter's a very good uh, organisation to uh, go to organisations for them. They hold organisations like BCHA to account from now and again. So uh, uh, they, they are very good advocates uh, for tenants. Um, and um, and then there are other local organisations like BCHA, give you know give a, give us a phone call we have a customer service area uh, that will answer those calls um uh, and uh, there are other helplines that, that are out there um and you know we can listen uh, if we can help uh, so an organization like bcha you know a lot of our properties uh, will have some form of funding and support from local authorities whether that's you know in bcp we, we work down in you know plymouth next and devon and things like that so different arrangements locally about uh, priorities but we may have uh, vacancies in some properties that aren't um, linked into um, those referral routes and sometimes it's the, it's the timing so we can explore that um, if it's someone who needs particular support needs uh, then then again uh, the local authority would normally be the uh, the, the source of um, yeah. of channeling that although we do have a few services now that uh, would be direct referral because they're not directly funded some services back in those austerity uh, days um uh, which uh, one or two that we try to find ways and means to um keep some services going that was particularly around um uh the so alcohol dependency area um where uh, we used to run a service called uh, hannah house up in, in westbourne uh, but uh, we were able to um um take some risk and we saw the need uh, and uh, sort of trying to work uh, to get some health input because housing and health goes together quite a lot doesn't it and and sometimes we're looking to see how we can work together and you know we've got some good examples with other things that maybe we'll pick up later where we're working with health to join up the two yeah. things because you know if your housing situation is not good that's going to affect your physical and your mental health yeah. isn't it ultimately and i suppose that that you know for the for somebody from the outside of all of this looking in it can be quite quite daunting and, and and also quite bureaucratic let's be honest about it uh, of course I remember like in my early days of being involved with you know with, with housing it, it, there was much more direct referral you know but but now of course the the sort of gateway the you know going through the local authority and then the local authority working in partnership with the organizations like like BCHA and mm. YMCA and many others yeah. I suppose that's the world that we now we now live in yeah well yes that's right but uh, but i do think actually it's like you get a pandemic uh, and covid and actually you know um that there you know obviously it's uh, you know incredibly it all changed you know, and, and yeah. but actually there the, the, out of diversity um you know comes um some growth and, and benefits and, and success and the whole partnership working um in all areas where where bcha works uh you know uh, some areas it was much stronger there was already uh, something in, because we do work down in, in Denver as I say and um, Plymouth commissioned um, uh, a, a, a few years ago a whole alliance type contract which I think was very creative where a number of organisations came together to um, to work together and it was working with health and homelessness yeah. uh, but but BCP uh, 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 there's been great partnership working yeah. and therefore that has enabled actually um, a much better process I think of um, referring people to the most appropriate service 
uh, for their needs as opposed to sometimes so, so, it's just about filling a void yeah. in a property isn't it so a good assessment is really really important you know and uh, you know yes. to know what's really yeah, at the core of somebody's need absolutely and try and be as honest and open when you know if you're either supporting someone who is at risk of homelessness or you are a person you know with homelessness or particular other issues you may be struggling with alcohol and, and drug and other uh, potential addictions um, try and be open and honest because then actually organisations like us may be able to find better solutions. Uh, we may have more opportunity, isn't it? And, and so, but I understand because if you've had some bad experiences in the <laughs> past, um, uh, but uh, certainly, you know, BCHA is definitely an organisation of the second and third chance. Um, there are times, of course, we do have to, you know, um, evict people because they can become a, a danger to other people in those organisations. You know, it's a last resort, but we have to be firm. That's a framework that everyone works well, in. That's, so that's the life, wor- isn't it? The world in which us, we know, live, isn't it? The world we live, and, and it's trying to help people understand mm. that. But um, but we 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 do what we can. At least I hope we do. But but yeah, by all means, you know, um, you know, pick up the phone. Uh, we are hoping to open our sort of main uh, um, customer service reception actually in, in the next week or two, um, because that's a good a reason we have that base in the middle of. Um, of Bournemouth there just up from the Lansdowne uh, yeah. St Swithin's house um, because um, you know our staff are there to try and help um, and even if we can't provide you something we will hopefully uh, give you the next best uh, opportunity to go to but um, uh, yeah try not to hide away you know try not to get to the point where you may end up on the streets you know and and obviously you know there's been a, a big improvement in rough sleeping uh, but uh, but homelessness is much more than what people see you know, on the streets, isn't it? And and that's what yeah. we need to need a lot of people. As and you I, say. I suppose that some people, you know, uh, you w- would see somebody maybe in a doorway and mm. give them a few quid or, or whatever. Mm. Of course, there's a lots of debates about is that the right thing to do. Well, 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 that, that's right. And um, uh, and it, it, yes, I mean. It's very difficult, isn't it, for any of us? You know, I'm the same. I'm sure you are. You know, when yeah. you work in the sector and yeah. you walk past. I think the what I would say is you know, stop and talk to the individual, the person. Try and just you know befriend, really, treat uh, them as a human being. Tra- absolutely, and and don't 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 judge. You know, because uh, I know you know I'm in a position to know that. I mean, I mean you know. When, when Sleep Safe was on, I did some volunteering there as an individual because I think it's really good and great if you're the chief executive of an organisation to be able to then mm. go in as a, a, just an, uh, a, a local person, and not it, necessarily knowing who and what you are. You're experiencing you can, it at the you sharp can, end. You can yeah. just experience it. And, and, and again, lots of people, first time homeless. And I think the pandemic at the moment, um, uh, I think there's still a risk to come. I, I mean, I like to be positive and you know optimistic about things but i think there's a deferral on uh, evictions um, although some evictions can still happen that extended to to may we've also got the furlough scheme you know uh, and i mean that's still tough living on 80 percent of a low income in any case but uh, um yeah so so it's interesting to to see where that goes and and there is that concern that whilst uh, you know um the rough sleeping numbers and some of the homelessness stats have, have come down nicely um um we're still uh, I well, think they are. like fi- over 50 percent higher than we yeah. were in 2010 yeah so you know i was gonna say they're already saying uh, but uh, young people actually are going to take the brunt uh, yes, you know, yes. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. 
Well, I'm chatting to uh, Martin Hancock uh, this, this morning about all things homelessness and and BCHA. Although the organisation does quite a bit more than just work with homelessness, we'll get onto that in a moment. But Martin, let's talk a wee bit about about COVID because obviously it's been the most unusual and challenging year, uh, and I guess that impacting the most vulnerable in a way that maybe not all of us appreciate. Yes, I mean, that's right. Like a lot of things, isn't it? Unless you're right in the middle of it or think of it, you just really can't really think about those things. And so, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, you know, the sudden lockdown uh, was quite a challenge because, you know, an organisation that is, um, you know, doing a lot of supported housing uh, and therefore, and some of those are in large buildings, you know, 40, um, 40 bedded uh, units. We've got about four of those. Um, we had a particular issue as well, two issues back then. Um, we were just about to take on a new service in Yeovil, having won the contract. <laughs> that was 1st of April. <laughs> so that had to carry on, didn't it? You know, tooping across staff and all those sort of things. Uh, and actually, um, at the 31st of March, we, we were changing our mobile phone provider. Uh, and so we had to issue about 200 and 30 240 sim cards across the southwest uh, and uh, and you sort of think let alone actually deal with, with uh, well and so i mean great credit to our it team and other staff for making that happen because just the time you needed the technology and suddenly we had to yeah. you know become uh, more digital um but somehow as an organization yeah i mean people come together i mean i mean I've always seen in BCHA, and I guess you may have seen it in your previous line, why I say when there's an issue, uh, our staff and colleagues respond incredibly well. And um, uh, and we'd also had just been going through a, <laughs> through a restructure of, of our senior team, actually. And so, uh, yeah, you could say there isn't, there wasn't, a, you know, couldn't have been a worse time almost in some respects. But actually, it became a, you know, a, a really good time because actually, um, you know, we dusted off those business continuity plans and quickly uh, uh, wrote a few more for services because you had to do the, the whole risk assessment, the safeguarding areas. You know, they're massive issues in an organisation like us. Have um, you counted how much fluid you've gone through? You know, <laughs> well, well, that's right. And so, uh, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, we were beginning to use things like teams and zooms occasionally but more on one-to-one sort of stuff and things like that but we had to fast track that and uh, it was amazing what was possible really and trying to get devices getting ppe you know uh, was the same for everybody and unfortunately homelessness area sector was sort of not seen and support workers were not seen very high up that agenda list you I, know? I was going to say because because that that's the sector wasn't prioritized was it for like no. for even inoculation no, 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 that's right. And I mean, you know, I, I wrote a few letters and emails to MPs and we supported, you know, organisations like Shelter Crisis and Homeless Link particularly in, in lobbying together uh, uh, and getting those things and, and, you know, finally got a little bit more recognition because, you know, people are dealing in those situations in, in close to... You couldn't just suddenly, you know, shut the door on a 40-bed uh, place like Ten St Paul's and uh, leave everyone to get to their own... But that wouldn't have been fair. We wouldn't have been looking... We would have failed in our duty to look after our customers customers and uh, so um and how did it impact you know a lot of because i know that particularly with the hostels you know and um that that you're dealing with people who certainly maybe start with a pretty dysregulated lifestyle yes and so that must have been quite challenging to help folk to yeah absolutely and and um you know um we we did what i can and and you know uh you know a lot of uh, respect for for our staff who who did that and then of course in those first few months of lockdown we didn't really know much about the disease did we or anything like that and and the uh and the issues so um you know how do you keep the scheme running because people had to self-isolate and things like that and things like that so um but um but yeah i mean it just had to be 
how we should do really is is you talk to people and treat people as you know uh, intelligent human beings in the sense of understanding because i think and i think it's a lesson we learn isn't it that actually sometimes we don't quite explain the reason for why we're doing things uh you know and obviously you know we we're all having to you know i was reading far more than i would normally read about <laughs> medical yeah. stuff and things like that is my responsibility and, and all of our yeah. uh, managers doing the same trying to look between the lines understand it but 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 actually fascinating the response in 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 some of our hostels was incredibly compliant you know because people generally like a lot of us were, were you know had some fear didn't we at that time um and uh, and so in a lot of areas it happened i mean i think i'm really glad that over you know, a few years ago we were able to get extra funding through a sort of places for change government funding to upgrade your some of those hostels so in one in exeter and the one in bournemouth um we were able to put ensuite accommodation uh, I've always personally believed that if you give someone their own bathroom and toilet, that makes a massive difference to your how you feel about yourself. It actually takes away, I believe, some of the um, the challenges of integration in how, how HMOs and, and you know same, th- same how home. things have changed in the dormitory. <laughs> well, well, exactly. But but actually, you get better outcomes. Uh, you know, you, you people will move forward quicker. I, I've talk to uh, um, you know a number of our customers residents um, particularly you know the first really good service we had when we built something down in Plymouth probably about 10 years ago now just like university clustered kitchens but but talking to the guys coming in there they, they were even saying some of them were saying look I know I've got to move out of here into actually accommodation that's not as good because <laughs> because it'll be a you know a, a room in a house but actually they felt ready to because they've been valued and looked after and and i think that helped us minimize the risk because amazingly we had no major outbreaks or we haven't done so far in any of, of our services and other staff now getting the the vaccines if they're choosing uh, yeah, to have them yeah yeah well that's right yes no no we, we were able to um uh, get uh, the list and, and certainly it started off for us within that plymouth alliance which already sort of existed and staff in, in plymouth were offered Vaccines early in yes, vaccines early on, and and then eventually yes, people have been you know regardless of their sort of age offered the vaccine, and uh, uh, and hopefully most of them have uh, have taken it. You can't force that as an employer, obviously, but uh, well, it's another big debate at the moment, uh, well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. and uh, you know, and and that'll still run a little bit, won't it? Because mm-hmm. there is about personal choice, isn't there? And then, mm-hmm. um, but then there's other things as an employer. We have to, um, you know, put in place, isn't there? So Presumably, the the whole furlough thing didn't have as uh, as big an impact on, on you because most of your services would have been frontline. Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, I th- yes, I think that's right. I think the challenge came with people who had to shield, you know, and could they work and whether people can work from home. Because if you're doing support work, you know, sometimes you've got to be actually yep. in the building. But then we do floating support as well. So uh, the mix and match. Yeah, did, we did, use did furlough use, a little bit. Did you use Zoom for that f- yeah, you got work. Teams and, yeah. and Zoom, yeah, MS Teams and things like that. But telephone. we obviously had to try and get hold of some equipment sometimes, you know, as mm-hmm. well as get those uh, um, SIM cards out. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think the issue is we were able to adapt and do that. We used a bit of furlough in some of our areas, like our employment and skills area, uh, where some funding uh, – well, some funding was about to come to an end, uh, and we were waiting for that external funder to say whether they could carry on the funding – because it's uh, the classic, you get funding for two years or something for a project, just get it going and then the funding <laughs> runs out. And that's, <laughs> it's not local authority funding or anything like that. It was a private sort of funding from other businesses. But uh, on the other hand, you know, that same business has supported us in a new project uh, called The Way Forward about helping people who become unemployed due to COVID um, uh, getting uh, back into the uh, workplace. What age group? Um, that, that's uh, yeah anything from from 18 plus um, and we're working closely again. We, we work closely again with uh, the DWP 
uh, Department of Work and Pensions and, and groups like that to get referrals into that service and so that's going but we did furlough a few people um, in some respect we were able to delay some redundancy that might have had to happen <laughs> due to furlough to see if there was more time to get more money and then in some of our um, uh, we, we have a few of our own um, maintenance operatives that we employ um, in, in what we call new leaf repairs um, and uh, and because obviously we couldn't access all the properties we did use furlough a little bit for just one or two and particularly one or two who may have been you know uh, more vulnerable um, uh, to to do that but um, minimal really I, uh, one of my slight frustrations I guess uh, is that the charity sector particularly and, and elements of housing associations have battled on and tried to keep going as the sector and, and, does and as, yeah. as the sector does uh, and yet you can't access many if any of these extra grants and, and i understand the bigger picture i mean come in the private sector but you sort of think uh, you know we've had extra costs we've had extra costs of mm-hmm. certainly um, um protective equipment you know even just all the sanitizer we buy because obviously we've got to buy sanitizer for you know you add those costs up and just looking at our you know uh, year-end figures briefly um and and also staffing because we had to have some stuff we've inc- had to increase had a massive overspend on our external relief agency you know we have some of our own relief agency but there's some places you couldn't leave you know empty and so uh, um and yeah okay we've generated other income but actually, um, you just can't really get the access to those funds. And, and I feel sorry for much smaller charities than us that have battled on. They would have lost their donation income. You know, our, our general mm. donation income is not that high, so we're not totally dependent on that. But a lot of others are. And so, uh, yeah, I guess in, in all ways in life, there's winners and losers. And uh, But mm. again, I think it shows, if I take it from a BCHA point of view, but I know that's the same in our charity sector, you know, the commitment and dedication of the people who work for us, you know, is, is more than the wages they take home, is more than the job. Uh, and therefore, um, that's great. And so, you know, uh, I'll put a plug out there, you know, mm. a lot of people, we, we do take people with transferable skills into our organisation, you know, and recruitment's hard work you know finding good people i've always felt when i've come into the sector our sector needs much better people than the private sector (laughs) because we've got to make that money work harder and work Mm. further haven't we and and, uh, be more creative and innovative you know but I guess that the, the other thing is that the voluntary sector has come into its own throughout, you know, because oftentimes it was, you know, getting a lot more for your buck, you know, uh, in, yeah. in terms of, you know, uh, because, the, you know, organisations have had to uh, exist on, on, on less yeah. and whatever. And, uh, and it's been great that, the, that that's been recognised, you know, at even central government level as well as local government. Yeah, yes, that, no, that's right, and, and and you know, and I hope and prayer is that, that actually that doesn't get forgotten in another yeah. year's time, isn't it? Just and, put um, some more money behind the sector. <laughs> well, well, that's right, and and but you know, uh, yeah, I think there's value, and of course, locally, you know, I mean, um, you know, Karen leading the sort of can network, and and Alistair with FaithWorks Wessex. I mean, I think two stand out that really pull communities together already had the structures in place and it's great they've been, uh, that they've been able to get right. recognised for that really mm-hmm. uh, and and get things up and running much quicker than you ever could do you know this is hope fm Of course, that's Alfie Bow there, 
and the uh, Danish National Chamber Orchestra uh, with their version of uh, Bring Him Home. Actually, that, that term, Bring Him Home, reminds me of Kathy Come Home. Do you remember that? Because that television programme years ago had such an impact, you know, on how people viewed homelessness. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, I think if you look back in the housing association sector, um, quite a few organisations were formed uh, in the uh, sort of uh, late 60s. Um, when BCHA came to its 50th birthday, you know, three years ago now, uh, you know, we were looking at that. And actually, we got involved with um, a few other housing associations un- under the banner of a Homes for Cathy movement. Uh, and again, that was put together, led by uh, a guy called David Bogle from um, another housing association. And um, uh, to actually raise the awareness within the housing association sector coming back to that question you were asking yeah. earlier um, about um, housing people who um, who who are homeless and that may sound bizarre because home, housing associations should be doing that but of course they've some have lost their purpose and so uh, we came together and actually that organ we're still very much involved in that we were one of the sort of founder members as bcha um uh, with and uh, that's increasingly being able to have access into um uh, the rough sleeper unit the mhclg um about um uh, the range of people that can present uh, and what are we doing to try to prevent homelessness work with people who may have no recourse to public funds for different reasons people you know and uh, and a whole range of issues where we're making sure that um uh, you know we give opportunities for people to move on from the sort of hostels into longer term accommodation uh, and um uh, and go with that rather than um you know maybe take some uh, um people who they think will be uh, safer customers whereas actually my experience is no, and I've been shown by um, a number of our uh, customers, uh, when they get into a nice new place or their own self-contained unit, they look after it immaculately, you know. And sometimes we like to show people around in the past when you could do that. You might like to show a few MPs around and other influencing people because I think seeing something is much better than just reading about it. Uh, mm. And uh, and people are very willing to welcome people into their home and show them. And uh, mm. uh, and, and it's a reminder how well, it's people value privacy and dignity, isn't it? And, and, yeah. t- and, yeah. and quality. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If, we all have, if we have something new or something of good quality, we will look after it. And, uh, and that's no different, uh, is from my experience, uh, from someone who may find themselves homeless, may find themselves rough sleeping. Um, people will look after it once they're given the, the, the chance and given as good as you can get. Um, but we know what the housing market's like. So unfortunately, you know, we need to build a lot more houses, don't we, as a nation? Um, and a lot more that are affordable rents for people who are on lower incomes. You know, if you're living, uh, if you're just on the minimum wage, and I think in BCP, we'll have a lot of people on those living wages. It's the nature of the business. Well, we? perhaps that's where we should go to next, because obviously the fallout, from COVID, it's just beginning to uh, you know to, to take effect. Uh, the the furloughing will end. I think it's June it ends, isn't it? So, yeah. um, uh, but then they're also saying uh, that it will be young people that will be feeling the brunt uh, yeah. of 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 what's what's coming and and probably which is getting worse. So I guess that that means that. There's going to be a need for programs, whether that be apprenticeship, work experience programs, uh, programs that support young people, uh, and indeed not just young people, but people with their mental health, uh, and and how you get through in what are effectively post-war circumstances in 
in some instances. Yeah, yeah, no, now, no, that's now you've already started. You know, you've already started in some of these programs, haven't you? Uh, yes, well, actually, yes. Uh, I mean, BCHA did uh, put in to be what was known as a, a gateway organisation for the Kickstart initiative that uh, government brought out. Um, although um, it's been a bit slow getting kickstarted I, I suppose recently but uh, <laughs> yeah. but we are on it now and um because there are various uh, you know sections of, uh, of releasing that money but again that's very much targeted at um you know uh, under 24s uh, people on universal credit so um so people- how does the scheme work uh well um it's it's about finding placements um in in organizations so we're a gateway organization so we will find places i think we're the, trying, mi- the middle the middle well, of the well, we can yeah. facilitate not yeah. just for ourselves but for others and, and when we put um you know, our sort of tender in um then we were working with other local organizations um uh, and um, so we're working with some of the people in the hospitality sector uh, locally as well uh, and other smaller charities so um uh, so they can bring in someone on a sort of six months on uh, uh, again on the sort of um, living government's living wage minimum wage level but it's six months role it's a role that and does know, the organization pay that that you place the young people with uh, yeah, yeah yeah no so, no the government refunds the money and pays the money so actually it, it shouldn't be of any cost to the organization going in but i guess the hope would be that that employment then would continue uh, beyond the six absolutely. months absolutely so yeah. so it gets this so a it obviously gets younger people back into the workplace because the longer you you know the longer you're out of anything (laughs) the harder it is to get back in isn't it you know uh, Mm. i think we all see that you know if we're working and we go straight into another job that's much easier than if we're working lose our job and then have to you know fill in lots of applications for us to get another job and and we're under pressure aren't we Mm. so um so yeah so so we've uh, we're able to bring additional resource in as well so yes there's an obligation to offer training but you know, BCHA has always done uh, um, um, a lot of training and facility. You know, we've got an employment and skills uh, department that's been uh, um, uh, helping people get back into work. We have our sort of um, long-running uh, Ignite um, courses. We run an allotment um, down near Throop, um, giving opportunity for people to uh, build confidence, self-esteem, um, get lots of support on a journey to being able to get back into work and hold down a job. So, are the details of all these these schemes that you're doing, Martin? Are they on your website? Uh, yeah, well, they, they should be. Kickstart may not be quite be there at the moment, but uh, but all I would say is, yeah, yeah, I mean, go to the BCHA website, which is www.bcha.org.uk. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, so so you know that's a very popular access point. So if you look for BCHA on Facebook, uh, and by all means send us a note through there. That's regularly monitored. Um, we've got an at BCHA News Twitter handle. Um, so again, you can comment or, or message on there as as well as. Uh, a presence on on LinkedIn, uh, but our main phone number is um, uh, uh, locally is oh one two oh two four one oh five hundred, and customer service should be able to point you there and put you to the uh, uh, the there. The, 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 so um, uh, so yeah, so so we we we've got uh, opportunities coming up for support workers, administrators, social media assistants. So again, we can you know because. We're a business, aren't we? We need all these skills, you know. Radio um, broadcasting. Uh, uh, we haven't gone into that. Uh, YMCA yeah. took that one before, didn't they, originally? And uh, so I'd love to do that, but uh, but we don't want to compete with Hope FM because you're doing such a great job, Blair. So, uh, but yeah, repairs well, and maintenance said, Having said that, yeah. we, do welcome, we do welcome people to come and join yeah. us, and we yeah. have had people. Well, that, that may be an opportunity. I'll pass you on. Uh, Charlie Mills is, our, um, uh, is, is the coordinator we've appointed. So, again, we were able to create another job for someone else because um, there is some funding to also deliver the employment and skills element so the important thing of this is it should not just be seen as short-term 
uh, cheap labour almost, you know. Yeah. Uh, and BCHA does have contracts in around human trafficking and modern slavery, so we're even more conscious of, yeah. of not <laughs> Ex- abusing. Ex- exploitation, I think, is the, the exploitation. That's yeah. right, absolutely. And, and uh, forced labour is one of the biggest ones, of course, isn't it? This isn't, clearly. Uh, and you are being paid, you know, uh, a proper wage. And you will get that training and investment. You know, uh, you will be treated as a you know employee of bcha when you're working for us and like other charities you will get the full sort of support and training that goes with that uh, and we will be running courses to help people with their cvs their interview preparation um but we are interviewing as well so you know they've got there's an interview process for this you know cvs are referred in uh, and it's a proper interview process so it's not just one person you have to take them you choose the right person and they choose you because i think it's important someone's going to want to work for you for that so um yes yeah, so, so we, we've got a whole range of roles and including in it so we can use that range of skills that people who um maybe were working or were trying to get into work so i'm excited by that because it comes back to what we've said that you know young people you know have missed out so much in this last year whether they've been at uni or whether they've been in work and uh, and can sometimes be the people with lower experience therefore may have suffered more and sadly not all firms did go through the furlough process uh, and so there are you know there are more people the unemployment figures are higher aren't they um as well so um certainly that we're doing that and then as i said earlier um anyone over 18 can get linked in with our way forward project where you don't necessarily have to be on <laughs> universal credit because uh, still some people are on legacy benefits or may not have even applied for universal credit because they weren't aware of those things and i think you said it earlier the forms you have to fill in uh, <laughs> a you have to have online access and b it's quite a few pages so it's it's tough and so so we've got our way forward project as well um uh, and again, there's a referral there through uh, an email address uh, that says thewayforward at bcha.org.uk. Uh, and Val Jeffries leads that project. That's funded, uh, backed by JP Morgan. So I think it's really great, isn't it, that a big organisation like that is willing to invest in the local community and particularly with people um, who, who, who are not in such good circumstances. Mm. And uh, so that we've got that as well. So um, plus our Ignite courses. You know, if you're really struggling because we're aware of the isolation that's come, the fear of going out from your own home, um, uh, we're running online courses there as well. So you don't even have to come in, sit in a room with 10 other people. Uh, So that's the positive that's come out of COVID for us is that um, our um, uh, coaches and um, uh, tutors have actually had to up their IT skills. I mean, they were pretty good, I think. And yeah. um, uh, But actually, uh, you know, when I've been into uh, the office occasionally, uh, there they are in front of a screen. Uh, and we should be able to do that sort of hybrid of some in the room and uh, some out. We are starting, you know, in the room places because, you know, we all need a bit of that human contact. But, but the fact that we can still get more people involved remotely to build up their confidence to then maybe come out into a wider group make a massive difference well even i think even the 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 smallest move forward in terms of developing new skills or experiencing something different is a great confidence builder for many many people isn't it absolutely and and you bring out those you know uh, those skills and abilities people have i mean you know uh, you know there's there's just so many good stories i mean come back to music art you know, there's some great stuff yeah. gone in some of our in, in number of our services. We're using Yammer a lot more internally. Uh, one of my frustrations has always been when you're in a 
organization that's geographically spread and obviously individual services are like mini businesses aren't they oh. you know um sharing the good news internally even is got so uh, so we've improved our yammer skills we're getting lots more pictures lots more creativity uh, but some incredible art stuff some incredibly food being done so uh, so it really has got more engagement uh, you know we've said about partnerships among local authorities and local communities um it's built uh, brought our, our customers together in the services you know mm. uh, they, they've got to know each other better because they've done some projects together because there aren't so many other distractions um out and yeah. about uh, and and our staff have, have responded and uh, and uh, we've really our sector attracts a whole range of people with different skills and that's great for more inspirational interviews podcasts and hope fm best bits visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again